Hi there, this is Dan Delta Collins. You're listening to Wandering DMs. Wandering DMs is broadcast live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash wanderingdms and also youtube.com slash wanderingdms. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, welcome to Wandering DMs. I'm Paul. And I'm Dan, and this is our 2022 year in review on Wandering DMs. So today we're going to share some of our favorites, some of our fumbles, and all of our great guests that we had this year in 2022, and also see what you, our viewers, thought were the highlights of the year. All that and more today on Wandering DMs. Awesome. Uh, before we get into that, let me just remind everyone that at the end of the show, as always, we'll be hosting our after-party chat for our patrons. Uh, that is hosted on our own private Discord, which you can get access to by joining us uh, on our Patreon at patreon.com slash wanderingdms. Yeah, and we, we look forward to that all the time and, and today especially. Um, so what a, what an interesting, uh, busy year this has been for uh, for all of us, Paul. Um, it was, mm, um, I, I, as usual, I was like, oh, really, a whole hour just like reflecting on the year? Mm. And I'm like, oh, there was way, way too much. There was way too much to get to in one hour, which is sort of yeah, a, a constant probably. theme for us, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I'll for say, those who are new, newer to the channel, it should be worth mentioning that uh, at the at the end of the year, Dan and I do take a couple of weeks off for the holidays. So this is our last episode of the season, uh, and we will be back after the new year uh, after a short break uh, with uh, season five. But for now, let's right. uh, let's let's look back at season four. That's right. Let me, let me I'll, I'll pitch a theme here. I think one of the one of the main mm -hmm. themes uh, here in 2022 was changing editions. Um, we mm -hmm. I think the second episode we had was generally about changing editions of D&D. &D, and we were talking about from original to first edition, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons and first to second and stuff like that. And of course, a lot of this mm -hmm. came uh, on the tail of Wizards of the Coast announcing that they're going to revise what's currently fifth edition D&D. So we've been talking about that and we had an episode of, uh, that we titled Diegetic Disasters in that in the past, um, uh, uh, the makers of D&D used to have edition changes actually reflected in the campaign worlds. So it would actually come through and they would actually have these mega adventures wrecking the world of Greyhawk and wrecking the Forgotten Realms as a reflection of edition changes. And then later in the year, Wizards start, started dropping these one D&D playtests. And oh my God, what a terrible name. What a terrible name. You've got to change that, Wizards. I will, I will maintain that. What a terrible, horrible yeah. name that just scrambles up all the search results for first edition and, and original D&D players. So my God, stop that. Stop it. Yeah. But um, uh, I agree with that, but I, I'm not too worried about that, Dan, because I, I remember, of course, when fifth edition was called Next. Uh, so mm -hmm. I would, no one calls it Next anymore, and I'd be pretty freaking surprised if uh, if we see, um, <clears throat> you know, if we see one D and D is fine. Sixth edition is fine. Um, uh, so <laughs> we've had a couple episodes where we we dug into that, and, and of course. You know, fifth edition honestly is not uh, Paul or my first edition of choice, but we we've run it and we've enjoyed it, like with the big bad series that we ran. 
Um, so we'll continue to um, we'll continue to follow that. I feel Paul. So they had a drop. Uh, I think a week and a half ago um, that we haven't talked about yet. I feel like they're running behind <laughs> because their initial claim was that they're going to have a drop every month. And I think they've been mm. running about every other month now. They had one in August. They had one in October. Now they've had one in December. And the other thing is this last, the, the prior drops had like maybe three revised classes in them. And this one only had one, the cleric. So I fear that the folks running the next edition might possibly be have bitten off a little bit more than they expected to begin with. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, could be. Could be. You know, I think we're I think we're behind here in covering that ourselves. We we did a couple of episodes on the first two drops, and we haven't really had time to speak about the the third one yet. Um, and I think that that's unfortunately going to have to uh, continue to be delayed on our end as well. So we're doing uh, no you know, better than wizards here, Dan. I just, you know what I I. I you know what? I respectfully disagree, Paul, because it just came out. It just came out a week ago. We had John Peterson on the docket last weekend. Um, and personally, for me, that's what I would prioritize. So we get to talk to, to John. And in fact, we also talked about uh, changing creators and changing additions in his Game Wizards book was a major part of that, actually. Um, and the, the, the most recent one D&D drop, it's only about clerics. And who cares? So, so, I mean, we, don't, we don't need to cover that. <laughs> Who cares about clerics indeed? <laughs> yes. we'll wait for the next one. <laughs> and you mentioned um you mentioned that we did um that we did uh you know a use fifth edition in, in our production of uh The Big Bad, uh a show that we mm -hmm. did here on the channel, uh featuring a, a competitive tournament style D D play. And I feel like we yeah. get asked that question a fair amount. I saw it in the comments uh, of a video recently of when when will we ever see season two of The Big Bad? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I do remember <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's something we would dearly love to do. It's <laughs> a look on it. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's worth addressing for the fans. You know, it is something we would dearly love to do, but it uh, it is requiring a lot more planning than we ever imagined. And and the landscape is changing, right? That's uh, you know my dream is still to take it on the road and do it live. Uh, I don't know if that will ever come true. It's something I would love to do. Dan looks highly skeptical, but I'm I'm hoping we get the wandering van, you know, spray paint uh, the big bad on the side of the van, load it up with uh, equipment, take to the road. I would love that. And, you know, every summer, I mean, it's been once in a while, I address the fact that I used to have a band before we started this channel, actually. And I every summer I get a hankering to be on the road and do shows. Um, so that would really that would really feel a, fill a hole in my heart if we could do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, we, we, we have we have managed to roll out a couple of other uh, new shows to the channel uh, over over the time. Right. Uh, we have uh, Dan plays games from the Elder Times. Has been hey, featured, I know that guy uh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, been a nice that? addition. What, what 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 inspired that, Dan? And and how's it going? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was bored. Playing some video games. I, and turn on the camera. I think one. we had. 
I think there was uh, I think that um, like you say, you know, as the, as the the landscape changes a little bit as we come out of COVID, um, there was like a little bit of a, I think there was an open slot I think in our weekly schedule, and I was like, I wanna I wanna take a little bit of a break out of my week and do it something entertaining, and you know, it, uh, uh, join in with the whole Twitch streaming live streaming thing. Um, so I did this, and you know what? Part of it was we were talking about um, Dark Tower. Uh, to, the very first episode of the season was was our look at your copy of Return of Dark Tower. We've played that live once. And so the very first episode of The Elder Times was, <laughs> there's you and me and Max here. Um, and uh, and we, we love that game. And my very first Elder Times was the was playing a simulated version of the original Dark Tower so people could see you know how very simple it was. Um, and then I was like, I'm going to do a whole bunch of other stuff too. So that actually spawned me wanting to do some more online stream gaming. Yeah, yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Laura, okay, I'm going to share this. So Laura Sudo yeah. um, in the chat saying, Elder Times Crew shout out, which is great because <laughs> I have a number of people that do watch that regularly because, because for, um, you know, now the majority of the season has become about uh, the 1988 Pool of Radiance game, which I am definitely doing a slow run through. And I'm having a rather <laughs> comical number of problems with either the interface or the narration's confusing or Windows 11 crashes. And one night I had my internet go out and then I had another <laughs> issue last week. Um, so Lore Sudo and Despairal and a bunch of other people are giving me a lot of good advice to help me get through Pool of Radiance. Um, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully at some point I'll see the end of that game. I don't know when. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I very much enjoyed uh, watching you stumble through that game because that game is near and dear to my heart. Uh, it's the first video game I ever bought. Uh, I've beaten it many times over the years. I've played it on many different different systems. You know, um, I mean, I remember playing it on a on a eighty eighty six. I oh. think. <laughs> yeah, I remember. You know. I remember having two floppy drives, sticking two floppies in there at the same time. I was very excited to not, not have to constantly flip the floppies back and forth. Anyway. Wow. Um, yeah. No yeah, floppy flipping, game, eh? Yeah, no floppy flipping. Yeah, I've been enjoying Still it a lot. Still had to use that stinking um, code wheel, though, to get past the, past the copyright, <laughs> which I know you delight in. <laughs> Getting up every episode, Dan gets out his, his code wheel. For a little bit of well, drama. you know, the little secret is that. So the little <laughs> secret is I actually don't have to. That's actually yeah. that's actually theatrical. Because um, uh, yeah. if you do get it on Steam, which they added this year, you can actually just hit escape and jump past that. But I wouldn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. We've also so we also added. Is. Yeah, I'll mention we we also added the painting room. Uh, that's that's crops up now and again it is um you know not really a scheduled thing it happens from time to time when i feel like sitting down and doing some painting um started out just as as a, a feature on our discord server with um where there's basically a, a video chat room where some of us gather to do some painting and, and i turned on the streaming of it as well sometimes you see me there sometimes uh we're joined by william uh comes in and we do a little painting together uh, and it's funny because that's that's sort of like Back in the day, that's how I often painted. We'd gather with friends and just show up at someone's living room and sit down for painting and kind of quietly paint together and just just shoot the shit while we were painting. 
kind of a nice way to get add a little bit of socialization to your otherwise very, very quiet <laughs> sedentary hobby. <laughs> and it's been, um, you know, it's been the motivation I needed to hit a specific project. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I've I've been working on this project of uh, shrinking the old board game Battle Masters, uh, which if, if you, anyone's played that, it's a huge five foot square battle mat that's that's printed on vinyl. It's like a shower curtain, basically. You're playing on with the trays of miniatures that you're moving around. Um, it was a um, joint venture between Milton Bradley and Games Workshop, and they were trying to kind of make a board gamification of uh, Warhammer, uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battles. I love that game. But I'm not. I'm. I'm too. My knees are are too old to uh, be crouching down on the floor to play that thing. Uh, so I'm trying to trying to rebuild it in a smaller scale using some 10 millimeter figures. Anyway, great. It's ongoing. Maybe maybe by the time you finish Pool of Radiance, I'll have uh, <laughs> a, a completed version of Mini Battle Masters to uh, for us to play. <laughs> uh, that that sounds that sounds great. You know, Paul. Let me just ask while I've got you here. About approximately how far through Pool of Radiance do you think I am? Because I was just it was a couple <laughs> of weeks back. I was in the horrible teleporting pyramid, right? And I had to pull out the code wheel for like a particular puzzle. And someone said, "Oh yeah, this is the halfway point to confirm you still have the copyright protection." I'm like, the halfway point. <laughs> this is yeah. this is episode twenty seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, sadly, I think that's probably accurate. You know, I think oh, you still have, you know, you're kind of through the, the wilderness portion. You're, you're making your way through the, the, you know, I think there's still a couple of things out in the wilderness you haven't done yet. And then there's, of course, the graveyard and then the assault on the keep. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. Okay, great. I would say. Great. So much like, great content. Yeah, yeah. I would expect, I would expect your fighters to hit level nine. So. Wow. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yep. <laughs> and um and, and I have said Laura Sudo's remembered that I said on the on the stream that you and I were planning on a uh, a recap episode when I do get done done with that when we're going to compare the video game to the paper uh, adventure version that they yeah. made yeah. at the time when they I were doing it. I guess I should so be neat... grab a copy of that and sit down and read it and I'm going to have to remind myself to do that before season 7 whenever yep. it is you you finish playing that game. There was someone saying last week, it's interesting because they said um, uh, last week that someone uh, who grew up in Brazil, their DM, you know, manually converted the video game to an adventure because they didn't actually have access to any paper publications back in the 80s, um, which I thought was interesting. So, um, so yeah. I don't remember if we talked about this, but somebody rebuilt it in using the Neverwinter Nights engine. So you can play the entire content of the original Pool of Radiance game. In the in the higher end 3D environment of Neverwinter Nights, they just rebuilt the whole thing precisely. Wow, it's fascinating. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. <laughs> of course, I think what it, Neverwinter Nights I think is what using maybe third edition or three or three point five. Anyway, yes, I think you're right. Yeah, you know, speaking of other new shows, right? So I've, uh, you know, one one thing that has really been, you know, really warmed my heart this year has been uh, getting to know Dan Cullinan and have him join in on the Book of War sessions that we've been running through the fall uh, alternate Thursdays here, and that has been uh, a delight. And he is smart, and I, I always, you know, m- one of my greatest, 
one of my greatest loves in life is getting to play these games with brand new players. And Dan had never run a physical war game or book of war prior to him sitting down here. And A, that kind of takes a lot of courage. I'm not sure I would have the courage to step into somebody's game for the very first time online live. And Dan did that. And, uh, you know, I, I pretty much trounced him the first couple episodes. And then uh, he's been getting better and better and better. And then it was uh, two and a half weeks ago that he that he beat me. And it wasn't even close at that point. It was, I, th I think one week before that, it came down to one figure on each side. It came down to a single mm -hmm. die roll. And then the week after that, he beat me quite decisively. So uh, Dan has rapidly become a really good player and a really good analyst of the game. And I think that's going to really improve the game as I make some revisions on it going forward. So uh, uh, we, we did our last game for the season last Thursday, and we'll come back for our season four of Book of War in January. And I'm looking forward to rolling out like uh, superheroes and wizards and stuff like that in the revised form in January. So Big thanks awesome. to Dan. That you know, I love doing that. I love that game. I love wargaming with D and D stuff, and um, you know, just big thanks to Dan. That's been a big a big plus in my personal life this year, honestly. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a pleasure to watch. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of Book of War. Uh, I've used it in my D and D campaigns. Have we ever covered that, Dan? Using Book of War in your D and D campaigns is that a thing we've talked about? I don't think on, on our show actually. I mm, blogged about, about it, obviously, based on some some viewer surveys in the past. But um, and 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 also you, Paul, um, have checked in and given me some uh, some ideas to improve the the streaming version in the new year. So well, might might the the stream might itself might look a little bit different thanks to your input, Paul. And I'm looking forward to that. Great, awesome. Um, let's talk about there's there's a couple other segments that we introduced to the show. Uh, we did. We did do a couple of dungeon design dashes. Nice. Uh, I think fewer than we planned, <laughs> but but we did hit a, we did hit a couple, uh, which is basically uh, episodes where we sit down and spend the hour uh, filling out an entire dungeon, and we've been trying to um, get those edited and put up uh, on um, Drive Through RPG as well as uh, distributing free copies to every to our patrons. I know that we're a little behind on that actually. Uh, I think this image actually shows number four, which is technically not actually in print yet, but um, correct. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, we'll get that out to everyone very soon. I think a couple of them are in the pipeline still. I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. Great. I really enjoy well, doing we, those, and frankly, I'm I'm almost sad that the pipeline is gummed up because I like we're kind of disinclined to record right. more of them because right. like oh, <laughs> I don't want to let ourselves get too far behind right uh, right yeah i feel we'll like so we had in season five uh, very much so very much so and i've been doing some work behind the scenes to make that uh that flow go a little bit easier for us in particular kind of late this year we got to have chats with matt finch uh who's the maker of uh the oh lord now I've, uh, dungeon creation tome tome of Adventure design. Is that it? Tome of Adventure um, design. There you go. There you go. Um, and, and he just released a new version this year, actually. So we can talk about to Matt about his thinking. And we rely on that greatly in our dungeon design dashes. And then we also talked to Keith Amon recently with his new book, um, How to Defend Your Lair, and his you know advice on designing dungeons and lairs, starting with what are the treasures first. 
And mm -hmm. I personally feel like, because that actually was the thing that was that was that we were stumbling over a couple times, as I recall. So actually, I think that 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 advice uh, will. Uh, I'm looking forward to actually feeding that into our next attempt, uh, because I think talking to Matt and Keith uh, were, was actually very helpful just in the last couple of weeks. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, like I said, I would love to do more of those. I think they're super fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. We did have quite a few, uh, you know, special guests on the show uh, over the last uh, last season. We had a shit ton. <laughs> <laughs> we had a crap ton of guests this year and uh, and all of them were great. Um, I'm going to. Um, uh, point. So there's uh, the the guys from Nerdarchy. They're Ted, Dave, and Doug. Um, they were great to have on. I'm going to shout out. So to me, so let me shout out some people that we had on that were new this year. People that we mm -hmm. met online for the first time, uh, and that that really we I I was so thrilled to like be able to chat with them and ha like have a really warm connection. So for me, among the stars of new people were getting to talk to Ramsey Campbell. The, the legendary horror author who's won every award on earth over his 50, 60 year career, get to talk to him about his, his legacy and you know, what it was like dealing with August Derleth uh, when, he, when he started out was, was amazing. Um, and just such a, such a warm uh, personality. You know, he didn't know who we are and just immediately made a great connection. That was such a great interview. Um, mm -hmm. talking with, uh, Kieran Gillen about his die, his die comic book and RPG was, um, that, that is really stuck with me. That really, that, his, that work of his made a big impact on me and it's really stuck with me. And it was really delightful to get to talk to that superstar comic and RPG creator. Got to talk to Spencer Crittenden. Obviously, the DM of Harmon Quest was uh, fantastic yeah. and uh, really neat to see him, you know, when he's not in character, right? I, uh, I thought I, was, I was super enjoyed awesome. that. I super enjoyed that because, of course, I had a ton of questions about the production and how it was made. And it was uh, he was very uh, frank about that. And I thought that was really interesting to hear about about how a show like that gets made. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. And then, of course, we had and then we had we had a bunch of old friends who, you know, are just enormous uh, tent poles on the show. And we and just are in, invaluable that they get to spend the spend time on our show, including uh, Luke Gygax. And we had uh, John Peterson on last week. Um, I th I'm going to I think I'm making Paul yep. jump through all these images really, really fast. <laughs> I, I'm doing yeah, James Malazewski yep. that everybody's always asking, you know, have him more, you know, on more, please. We had Matt Finch. We had uh, WebDM Jim Davis on recently, which was fantastic. Uh, we had Keith Amon on a couple of weeks back, and um, you know, and on and on and on and on. Uh, Jason Morningstar and Griff Morgan and uh, folks from Frog God Games and Necromancer Games. Um, we right, Greg Svensson and Dan Boggs. I would be remiss to say we had we had Greg Svensson, the great Svenny, on. Um, to talk about yeah. uh, him publishing um, his uh, Tonisborg adventure in this this beautiful hard copy near the start of the year, um, and thanks to Dan yeah, Boggs I, and Griff Morgan for making that possible. I would I would call out um, you know I would point out you know we had we had Karen Twelves on which was uh, super super exciting, um, and the interesting thing is um, you know 
Karen Twelve's author of uh, Improv for Gamers. And then we also did some um, some fiasco. We we played fiasco live over my birthday. Um, we we did an episode on fiasco, and all that I think really actually very interestingly set the tone for discussing with uh, all of that with Jason Morningstar because I think you were kind of putting together how much the tenets of improv as set out by Karen in the book really feeds into the game fiasco, right? So getting Jason Morningstar's background on that and, and how that influenced the, the game was, I thought, really interesting. It's a nice little progression there of those, those episodes, I thought. 100%. I, arguably, you could call this the year of improv uh, for us on one <laughs> reality, because I, I loved uh, getting a talk to Karen Twelves and also Jason Morningstar. I loved our, um, our 4th of July uh, episode where we played Fiasco with all of our friends at your place. And um, uh, which was which was awesome, and you know, and I I also personally took a, a series of improv classes in the spring and summer around that mm -hmm. same time, and that was the best part of my week at that at that particular point when I was taking those improv classes. I looked forward to it so much. Uh, I took an entire sequence at the Barrow Group here in New York. That's kind of that's that's actually taken over the 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 space that UCB used to be at. And honestly, I kind of miss it. I, I totally love that. I'm still in a chat with uh, folks that I went to the class with. I took, you know, for what it's worth, uh, Isabel has, uh, you know, my partner Isabel here who doesn't show up too much because she's so busy with acting stuff. Um, she has a salon Saturdays where she gets together with other actors. And I handed her off my copy of Karen 12's Improv for Gamers. And she said, I'd like to try a little bit of improv with these folks. I go, you ought to use this book because it's great whether you're a gamer or not. And they had a great time with it. That was just like last weekend. Awesome. So that has really um, fed into our lives in a, in a big positive way. That's great. That's great. Um, I, will, I will point out that I was uh, very excited at the end of Jason Morningstar's interview where he uh, requested to see a draft copy of the uh, RPG that I've been working on called Fearful Ends. Uh, now, Fearful Ends is uh, uh, hopefully coming to Kickstarter soon, um, kind of targeting early next year. And you can find out more about it at fearfulends.com. And the interesting thing was, um, you know, one of, the, one of the delays, unfortunately, of getting this thing made was that episode with Jason Morningstar because uh, his feedback was invaluable. Absolutely invaluable. Tons of great, great comments from him uh, after having read the text and actually made ended up making changes and having to take those changes to a convention for testing. Uh, so it was kind of a, a big step backwards in the process of making this game. But overall, I think the game has become much better as a result. So, so huge thanks to Jason Morningstar for that. I remember that, and you were fairly late in the process, all things considered, when we had that episode. So right afterwards, you had you Paul had a had a stop the presses moment. Um, we got to yeah. replay. Yeah. We got to replay everything. Uh, yep. So that was um, uh, that that was that was clearly invaluable feedback for you to, uh, and, and I'm glad that you had the flexibility to um, to to pivot on that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's it, like I said, I think it's made a much better game as a result. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited for that. And um, yeah, I'm sure uh, in the coming uh, season five, you'll hear uh, me pitching this game more, especially as it as it makes its way to an actual Kickstarter. But uh, if you want to make sure you don't miss that, check out fearfulends.com, sign up for the email list, and you'll get notified when uh, when the Kickstarter goes live. 
We're all, I'm, I'm personally really looking for it. I've run a game of Fearful Ends myself and had a great time with it, actually. It's really neat. What else, Dan? What else do you want to talk about here uh, from, our, from our past year? Well, I got it. So, so I got to give a particular thanks to our viewer and patron, uh, Stephen Wendell, who's in the chat right at the moment, because uh, I had him on. There was a week where um, I think in the summer where you, Paul, were out and Stephen graciously agreed to jump in. And we had a chainmail jousting tournament live on air and we chatted about the game. Uh, Gary Gygax's jousting game from the uh, from the chainmail miniature rules. So we chatted about it, kind of analyzed it. We both had you know competing strategies we were going to bring in, and we ran a little tournament live online, and that um, spurred me because I'd done work on chainmail jousting in the past, particularly when you and I went to GaryCon, I think 2018, and um, so that kind of spurred me to dig out that work that I'd done previously. And I, I think I've mentioned it in other venues. I probably haven't said it here on the Wandering DM show, but I actually wrote an academic paper um, over the summer in which I formally solved the game, uh, the chainmail jousting game as it exists in the book, which is different from what they play at the Gary Con tournament now. But I, I did use some uh, game theory computer strategies to formally solve and find the best possible strategies for the book version of jousting uh did have that accepted at a conference of the international computer games association um and presented that uh, a couple weeks ago actually um at their um at their conference uh, the week of thanksgiving as a matter of fact so uh so that's something i've been wanting to do for a long time that actually is kind of a bit of a lifetime bucket list item for me. And uh, that will be published and the, um, the presentation will be online sometime in the new year, probably some number of months into 2023. So we'll be sure to tell people about that when that's available. But um, at least, you know, according, you know, by the book, uh, chain mail jousting is solved by me. <laughs> um, and, and, and I, and that was, that was a wonderful piece of work. And I, again, thanks to Steven for, um, you know, getting me off my, off my butt to get to, to finish that, that I've been working on for a couple of years. Uh, I had a colleague in my, my department, my math computing department who suggested that was possible too. So thanks to him. Um, and, um, it, you know, it, we were already at the point in my campaigns, as you know, well, Paul, that, um, if I ever had. According to original D&D, if I ever had an NPC fighter in the wilderness pop up and, and challenge my players to a duel, they were already they were already we just got to kill this guy. Just just, just kill, kill that guy. We don't you don't want to joust with him. Um, Fireball because... immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. That is that is the right choice, I think. I challenge you mm -hmm. to a joust. Fireball. <laughs> 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 it's legitimate. It's legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So that was so that was that was really neat, and we'll we'll tell people about that in the future when that's when that's. I guess it's going to be the pa the paper will be published by Springer, and then um, the conference proceedings will be uh, will be on YouTube at some point. So that was and that was a that was a lot of fun being able to share that with folks. Awesome, fantastic. <laughs> um. 
You know, I, I, another thing that came out that I think is worth mentioning is uh, we kind of saw the return to conventions, right? Uh, we had uh, our own house convention, Hawakan, uh, in uh, April that we managed to get to again. And uh, as I mentioned, I did some testing of Fearful Ends at, uh, at a, a con up in Vermont called Carnage in the Mountain. Um, so very much looking forward to go to more of those in the future, hopefully. I, I remember fondly past seasons where we would, um, we would host this very show uh, from the convention floor if we were, happened to be away at a convention over the weekend. Um, and I, I would love to do that again. I think that would be super fun. That would be but great. The wandering, back in wandering DMs. Exactly. That was the original. <laughs> that was the original intent. Immediately before worldwide quarantine. Yeah, Good timing yeah. as usual, guys. <laughs> I still remember, you know, I'm still going to remember us going into, you know, 2020 and us having the branding for the 2020 year being wandering DMs rolling with advantage this year. Um, and yep. then the end of the year being we were rolling with disadvantage. <laughs> that was very challenging. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in fact, the the that was the the last convention we were at together was before this year kind of returning was that um, uh, what was it? We we went to PAX. I think we went to PAX yeah. in when was it? February maybe of twenty twenty. It was it was yeah something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Who boy. And it was that very weekend. It was that I was telling somebody yeah. about that recently. It was that very weekend where things were shutting down. So Friday there was you know, I don't know fifty thousand people there or whatever. And then Saturday there was like about half that number. And then Sunday it was starting to empty out very quickly. And it was very weird over those exact three days that we were there that everybody was like not on the streets anymore. Um, and that has really, that's really shaped the last couple of years for us, obviously. So we were talking, you know, recently, actually, we were just talking last weekend with John Peterson about the possibility of maybe, maybe all three of us would be there at TotalCon or something like that if our schedules yeah. arrange it. Um, you know, the interesting we're all, thing we're all about, very busy, but yeah, the interesting thing about TotalCon, which happens here in Massachusetts in February, uh, which I will definitely be at myself at uh, minimum is uh, what originally attracted me to that convention is that they had a whole separate category for old school games. It's still to this day, the only convention I'm aware of that does that, where they had a dedicated space with, you know, tables for old school and, um, and really promoted it. And then they, and, you know, they would have um, uh, special guests there that, that kind of pushed the old school flavor, you know, Tim Kask and Frank Menser used to run OD and D games at, at it. It was uh, it was really it was nice. I really enjoyed it. Um, so so yeah, I'm looking forward to to getting back to that one. Cool, cool. I gotta admit, at at some point, I'm sure we'll be talking to Luke Gygax uh, early in the year as uh, Gary Khan comes back around. And obviously, you know, my my future goals is to get back to Gary Khan and mm. um, and um, uh, enter the. Uh, <laughs> the, their the jousting the tournament. tournament at some point. <laughs> now it uses different a, rules. With a hard copy of your presentation, I hope. Absolutely <laughs> uh, not. I submit this. I formally solved this. Just <laughs> give me the trophy right now. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I, I assume that I'm going to go as anonymous as I can go. I'm going to memorize everything that I need. I'm not going to give any signal to it is my plan. 
I, got, I, got, I have some more work to do under those dip, that different those different rules that they use there. Um, and you know, interestingly, at the uh, you know uh, uh, at the the ICGA conference a couple of weeks back, um, there was a guy um, who uh, has an AI that solves crosswords, and he um, he entered. There's a there's a national crossword competition in Stanford, Connecticut, every year, and he was entering that AI bot for a number of years, and just this past year, he finally beat all the human players. And he wow. said that he after the fact he talked to the guys that did uh, Deep Blue uh, with chess. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, recently there was, a the, you know, the Go program that beat the top human players. And he said, the number one thing is you got to know when to hang your cleats up. Once you win, you need to walk away because people are going to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> people are going to hate you for ruining their game. So you can do it once and then you just have to leave. And I was like, ooh, I think that right. might be advice that I might possibly need. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> and and first and last <laughs> victory. Maybe I don't know. I might be getting ahead um, of my skis. Fun. Who knows? Well, I'll I'll, I'll yeah, take a stab okay. at it. I'm sure. Okay. Great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, we should so, mention what's going on with the website before we run out of time here. Great minds think alike today, Paul. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> So we uh, recently, want, yeah. uh, and Paul probably did more, you know, more of the work on this, but we recently uh, revised our website at wanderingdms.com and all of our recent shows immediately show up on a playlist on the front page at this point on YouTube. So um, if you are uh, looking for recent shows or want to direct somebody to our channel, uh, the easiest thing for you to do right now is might possibly say, just go to wanderingdms.com. And you'll immediately see, uh, you know, playlists of both upcoming and recent shows, and you can just easily browse through that uh, that way. Um, some other things, you know, all the the podcasts and all the blog articles are still there. Um, and uh, in addition, uh, what's the other thing we did, Paul? This morning, like this morning, uh, this yeah, as as of, as of <laughs> this morning, there is uh, finally a new a new shop on our uh, on our website to sell our merchandise, which includes such things as uh, this this mug that I'm holding here, a, a nice uh, big bad themed mug. Uh, this one's new, this is the 15 ounce. You can see Dan's holding the older you, version. You have so. a big version. You have a big yeah, mug, Paul. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, oh, I, man, I, I, I drink a lot of coffee, I swear. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we've had some a lot of merch on there for a while uh, that is Big Bad themed. Um, so those those are still there. You can still get your Big Bad sticker or Big Bad uh, T-shirt. But we also put a new shirt up, um, which which I have which I have here. This is the um, <laughs> I love uh, this so the much. role for entertainment <laughs> shirt. Uh, so interesting things about the shirt is one is uh, that that is a uh, patch, a stitched em embroidered patch on the front for the for the logo of the channel. And then on the back, we have a table, uh, a, a D6 table that you can roll on to see which one of our excellent shows you should be watching. <laughs> I, I have seen this design of Paul's like at least 20 times, and I just don't stop laughing at it. It's such a clever, it's such a clever design. I love that shirt to death. I mean, my my personal favorite, of course, is the top banner, which features the big bed pointer figure, uh, which I still actually have here somewhere. <laughs> it's available in a variety of sizes and colors. Uh, it amuses me to death. 
<laughs> and of course, as, as 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 before, we still have our our, our regular you know uh, big bad shirts, uh, both the one with the logo on the front and the one with the logo on the back. Um, yeah. So if viewers are looking for like a last minute Christmas gift, you can totally uh, jump on the Wandering DMs uh, shop uh, this uh, today, and I'm sure you'll get delivered it by by the 25th. If you need something for for you or a loved one to to, to tell them what, to randomly what show they should be watching. <laughs> that design was a hundred percent Paul's, by the way. That was that's a hundred percent Paul's, and uh, he gets nothing but super nerdy credibility for that. That was awesome. Thank you, thank you. Well, uh, hopefully, we'll roll out we'll roll out some more as the as the time proceeds on. Um, but do uh, check it out. It's available it's online now. Wanderingdams.com/shop. I'm still right. hoping for an what? official Wandering DMs uh, apron. <laughs> for for our next cooking episode? <laughs> yeah. We haven't done that yeah. in a while. We have well I, we, <laughs> we 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 should. We should we should get to we get together and do a little bit more uh, Wandering DMs cooking because that was that was lovely. And I, I mean I have worn it on other shows. I think I've worn it on the uh the um the the, the pandemic food show. Uh, that we did for Val, that Isabel and I did for Valentine's Day last year, because we're like mm. that, like cooking cooking mm. during a pandemic. So it gets used. Right? The the bloody apron gets used once a while. So hopefully that'll show up there sometime. Yeah. <laughs> um. Excellent. Any anything else from the past year, Dan, that you wanted to go over that we haven't covered here? Well, there was there's so many things. Uh, I don't know if you can put the uh, put the the giant um, thumbnail list on uh, on a slideshow form here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Joshua was saying joust joust the cook in the chat there. Um, let's see here. So you know you know just great topics that we've had. Um, you know we had a couple episodes where we were talking about you know iconic monsters in D and D. So we had an episode we were talking about golems, and we had an episode we're talking about giants, and an episode talking about dinosaurs that I think a lot of us were excited to dig into. And you know those are all really valuable valuable things in our D and D gaming. So. And you know, as, as I've done my work for Original Edition Delta, and I continue to do that, um, and I kind of play test stuff, and I have the simulator where I try to set uh, what you might call challenge ratings for OD&D properly, I continually discover these like little corner cases that I'd never thought of before when I have to code it up, when I have to simulate it. So discoveries about the different ways that people interpret golems, like you know their magic mm. immunity, uh, and and that was that was a major lesson for me this year is that I've been interpreting Golem Magic Immunity entirely differently than everybody else does. Um, it is is are are golems currently ranked as the single most dangerous monster in OD and D? The According Iron Golem, yes. Program? Yeah, as the far as golem. I as far as I can tell, the the Iron Golem in particular is the toughest monster that was published for OD and D, um, and the fact that it is immune to to all magic from your wizards and it's also immune to almost any weapons from your fighters uh uh plus it's got a high ac plus it just spits out uh save or die poison gas but the main thing is it's practically immune to almost everything the iron golems to my knowledge are the toughest thing in original dnd you don't <laughs> you don't want to fight an iron golem if you can avoid it yeah 
any um, any other surprising critters on the top of that list that uh, that came out as you've been analyzing them? Well, I think when we had Keith Amon on last, he just happened to bring up Rakshasas, right? As this weird, this weird early D&D monster, and they're still in fifth edition, and they're still weird. And, you know, they're actually near the top of the list for original D&D, but again, because they're immune to almost all magic. Uh, and again, a whole lot of, a whole lot of weapons. And in, originally, you had, to, you had to hit them specifically with a, a blessed crossbow bolt. So that combination of immunities puts them really near the top of the list too, which which I had not thought of. You don't think of Rakshas as, as like a you know the most they're not the most iconic monster, but they're yeah. really dangerous. So if you spring them, if you plus they you know plus they read the players the the characters' minds, plus they have illusions, and so the combination is just really awful. <laughs> so thanks to Keith for bringing that up because I hadn't thought about that in a while. Um, yeah, it's, um, I feel like I, I saw this, where did I see that? Oh, in, um, so, uh, after I beat Pool of Radiance many months ago, uh, I, uh, loaded up, uh, the second game in that series, uh, Curse of the Azure Bonds, and, uh, I think what, what kind of broke me from playing it more was getting to a section that featured tons of drow, and I was just like, here I am playing this game, like, that's that's you know trained me to play in a certain way with a certain spell selection and now the with the second game I start you start getting higher level spells which is fine you start seeing fourth and fifth level spells and then there's a whole section where like pretty much they're just immune to everything all your magic is just useless so what's the point I'm like well uh, uh, is that fun <laughs> I don't know it's definitely that that was the major disruption me continuing to play that series <laughs> interesting interesting yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, you know, it's, deba it's debatable. I mean, it was. You know, it's a. It's an efficient. It's an efficient mechanism, um, yeah. and it has been there from the very start. It's funny because uh, you know, like magic resistance, it's easy to overlook. Was in the very first publication of D and D. The problem is, it's in the stat block for Balrogs, which was later removed. So, in order to see yep. that, you need the original first printing of original D and D, and it has been in there in mm -hmm. some form all the time. Um, uh, and remember, in uh, original D and D, you know, just run, wandering around the wilderness, you've got one d six, one d six Balrogs once in a while. So watch out for that. One d six. I love it. I love it. You said we were. Um, Here I am at the end of the year looking the start. Regardless, more than one is. It's, it's, it's a bunch. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Dan, um, now you and I. Um, uh, we when <laughs> when we were um when we've been thinking about topics for the show there was a time there where we were like uh we really wanted to make sure we got all the four major classes right so we did shows on fighters magic users clerics thieves and then we started going down the road of like well we should maybe hit start hitting the major subclasses right and so we've done a few of those and i think it's still on our list to do more of these um but the the interesting thing is like i don't know does does one D and D throw a monkey wrench into that. Is it still the same classes? What are we drawing from when we wanna? How do we say we're done? How do we reach? What is the what is the definition of completion of this uh, of that series? Well, that's a good question. I think you know to a large extent, and like when we had uh, Jim Davis on, you know, we we were just a couple weeks past that, and he on Web DM has also been covering the same stuff, 
And, uh, you know, he's an old school gamer, so he had strong opinions about Rangers, for example, that mm -hmm. um, he, he wanted, you know, he wanted to see Rangers continue to be connected to Tolkien and Aragorn and, th and things like that. And I personally agree with that. So I think there's there's a lot of overlap. I think as we as we talk about subclasses, classical subclasses in D&D, I think there's a lot of overlap. We can at least mention what's happening in um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> sixth edition, um, I'll say. <laughs> so I don't think that's entirely a blocker, um, you know, but so, again, some of the uh, some of the types they have folded into well, actually, they call them subclasses now, right? That's one of the what's yeah. one of the novelties recently is the, the the branches that you pick at third level or whatever it is, right? They have officially started calling them subclasses in fifth edition. So yeah, the 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 the, the show goes on, Paul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, great, great. I mean, that's that is that is very yeah, that is fascinating. I I, I almost wonder if. Uh, one D and D, and especially with the current focus of the PDFs, uh, including a new class, or it was supposed I, we thought it was going to be three per, but I guess maybe it's okay to just have one. Um, maybe that will drive us. Maybe that will drive the discussion for us down the road, and we can, can uh, you know, start try and try and complete our list of of all the interesting subclasses, That's and then and then we can do all fifty races in one D and D. How about that? Uh, uh, except, are we really going to touch on this in literally the last minute of the season? Is that what no, we're going to do? No, <laughs> anyway, there's an issue. Maybe we'll talk about that next year. Great. Let's talk about that next year. Yeah. What else do you want to talk yeah. about from last year, Dan? What else is interesting <laughs> about <laughs> what other interesting uh, news came out last year? Well, you know, I liked, um, I mean, just thinking about our shows, we had a, you know, we had a really neat episode about Wild West RPGs. I mean, maybe we should do more um, episodes about uh, other genres because we had a really lively chat around Wild West role-playing games and how that has fed into, you know, our game, and, you know, it fed into our D&D gaming sometimes. And I think a lot of viewers really enjoyed that chat, and a lot of people discovered that on YouTube later on, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact. So um, that was neat. And I think, you know, from the prior year, we'd had a number of conversations about alternate worlds feeding into our D&D game. And we kind of had a running joke that every DM needs a loose leaf binder of at least five alternate worlds for when your characters get cursed and thrown into alternate yeah. dimension. And you right, can just use right. a game. You can just use, you can use Boot Hill. You can use the Die RPG. You can use something like that uh, to throw your characters in. So maybe we should have more episodes about other other games or genres that you can use as alternate dimensions or something like that. That was that was super useful. Sure, sure. We could uh, we could roll that in. I think that would be that'd be interesting. Right, I think it was. I'm trying to remember the name of the magic item. It's like the the alternate world gate or something where where there's just a table and you just rolling to see which which other TSR product your characters got thrown into. Maybe that's a t-shirt. Maybe that's a new t-shirt, Paul. And um and yeah, you know, because the DM probably doesn't have that binder, so you just wear it to the game and then when that happens, yeah. you just look down. Yeah. Yeah. I just I think it's a brilliant marketing ploy to uh to publish a an item with a table that just so oh well sorry, we rolled we rolled um 
Metamorphosis Alpha, we have to go play that now. Game <laughs> says. That's, those are the rules, man. I roll came up with seven. <laughs> no. You know, the th one thing that got stuck in my, my head this year was the, uh, the theme of the Green Slime movie. <laughs> If you go back, I still think about that sometimes. If you go back to our episode about slimes, which includes black puddings and okra jellies and, and green slime, right? There was there was that um, a movie from the 60s called The Green Slime that inspired both the monster and the Tom Wom board game, uh, Awful Green Things from Outer Space. And I still I still have that theme song from that movie stuck in my green slime. <laughs> 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 I think I think YouTube didn't like us including that clip in uh, in that particular episode. Now, but... amusingly, that wasn't the problem. I thought that oh, wasn't the, the problem. Slime? The bizarre no. thing is that because we went on and on and on about that one, but we actually did get a YouTube ping for like a five second snippet from uh, the uh, from the blob. We we had a we had a much we had a much shorter little snippet from the from the trailer for the Blob movie that we weren't even focused on. We got we got YouTube ping for that, but apparently you can sing the Green Slime song all day long, and nobody has a, nobody's pursuing that. <laughs> is the lesson? Uh, all right, all right. No, <laughs> for all you amateur liars out there. <laughs> And we are and we are no, closing in on the on the end of the hour here. Is there uh, have we missed anything? You know, I I also want to think we've had you know we we never plan in advance, but we've had a number of our great guests show up on our Discord server in the after chat afterwards. So when when one of our guests uh, you know does uh, get proactive and make the off offer, and we've had Jim Davis, uh, we've had uh, John Peterson recently, um, some other folks that have jumped in to the chat after the fact and, you know, gotten to interact a little bit more intimately with our patrons on our Discord server. And that has been fantastic. And we've gotten some additional little tidbits and sometimes one of them go, um, is this being recorded? Yes, no. And then we go, <laughs> no, we're not, we're not recording this. This is private. And they go, okay, well then in that case, I'll tell you guys this. So, you know, that's happened a couple of times, which has been pretty awesome. It's, yeah, and, um, yeah, that is. That is worth noting. I would say that is definitely the crown jewel in our uh, Patreon benefits is uh, that after party chat. So if you haven't uh, been coming around to that, especially as Dan mentions, especially when we do have a special guest, it's not guaranteed. Uh, we we give them the offer when when they seem interested to like come and pop in and talk to talk to us, and sometimes they do. And as Dan mentioned, yeah, without without the uh, overhead of uh, this is being recorded, uh, sometimes they're a little more. A little more frank about uh, things that are going on, projects that might be spinning up, which has been fascinating all along. Fascinating all along, and our, yeah. you know, our guests are busy folks, and um, you know, if they if they can join us for some extra time, it's always a, a, a wonderful surprise to us. Uh, but that has been a little bit behind the scenes, and we, us getting to continue the conversation has been just really fantastic. So thanks to everybody that's been able to do that. And I, you know, I just got to thank our, our viewers, right? So like, once again, we always say this at the end of every episode, but we could not do what we do here at Wandering DMs if it weren't for um, you know, the folks watching it. This is why we do it, obviously. Otherwise, you know, Paul and I used to just have conversations between the two of us. 
And that was good too, but it's so much better yeah. with uh, your comments in the chat and you know, your ideas have um, constantly inspired new episodes and new topics to come up with. I'm always laughing at, if you watch one of these episodes, you can probably see me crack up at just random times. And it's not that I'm psychotic, it's that there's, there's more great comments in the chat than I can throw up on screen. Well, it's not, <laughs> Paul. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> it's a value add is what I'm trying to say. Excellent. It's a value add. So I'm just so totally. I'm just so delighted all the time uh, when we get to interact with folks and that what we do here uh, with me and Paul is uh, is entertaining to folks and valuable to their games. And that is just literally the best. Um, you know, as we, as we look forward now, Dan, into into season five, um, I mean, we've hinted at a couple of things that we may continue to do or, or try to uh, try to include in the show. I'm looking forward to, I believe, probably we'll see an episode where we're reviewing the D&D movie, right? Does that come out next year? Yes. Yes. The next, right. The next D&D movie, right? Um, Honor Among Thieves. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should do that. We should have a viewing party. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we should totally do, do that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's been public. And then and then the year after that, um, it's been publicly announced that uh, Joe Manganiello is working on a D&D documentary for Hasbro. Um, and uh, John Peterson is involved in that. Um, and uh, so that's that's something we'll be tracking very, very closely as well. So a number of a number of D&D cinema coming out in the near future. So, yeah, we'll look at we'll look for that very closely. Awesome. Awesome. I'm sure there'll be plenty of surprises in the year to come as well. I feel like as we look back uh, on all the things that, that that occurred during our show, I feel like a lot of them were kind of unplanned, right? I don't think we sat down at the beginning of 2022 and said, yep, we're going to, Dan's going to play video games on the show and uh, we're going to, um, you know, do some actual plays of board games and such. I don't, I don't think that. It's it just classic. Things just happen. It's the it's the classic uh, dictum that uh, we make we make plans. I mean, Paul and I, you know, make some plans each year, and then it you know survives right up until first contact with the enemy, and then you have to be flexible yeah. and pivot to where the enemy is weak, defend where you're strong. <laughs> um, so you know, and that and that's good that we've been able to be flexible about that kind of stuff. And sometimes the surprises have been the best thing. And you know, playing online has been has been wonderful, and our solo games have been wonderful. And um, I didn't, you know, I didn't know Dan Cullinan until a couple months ago, and that's been one of the greatest, you know, pluses uh, in my, in my uh, 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 gaming life recently. And that's that's been wonderful too. So I'm sure that I guess maybe that's what we should do. We should we go into the new year looking forward to the new wonderful surprises when the dice come up in ways that we didn't expect. There you go. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, viewers, if you have uh, feedback for us, things you'd love to see coming up in season five next year, uh, please uh, leave us a note in the comments of this YouTube video. And uh, we will definitely be looking at that closely over the break and uh, possibly use that to feed into the lineup for early uh, early episodes of season five. We will definitely do that. And of course, if you happen to be uh, new to the show here, remember that you can like, follow, and subscribe to us on YouTube and Twitch and Twitter 
and Facebook and GitHub and TikTok. Uh, and we have the handle Wandering DMs on all those sites and hopefully we'll be rolling out more content on all those sites uh, in the new year. If you prefer to listen to our show in audio-only podcast format, you can do that. Uh, those podcasts are available on our website at wanderingdms.com. Uh, also available through various podcasters such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher. If you're listening to this show right now on one of those podcast carriers, please take a moment to rate and review our show on their website. That helps other users of that website find us, and we really appreciate it. We definitely do. And again, we say it a lot, but we mean it so much. Uh, huge thanks to our patrons who support the Wandering DMs show. And if you would like to join them, please visit patreon.com slash wandering DMs. And just like Paul said at the top of the show, we'll be there in about 10 minutes like we always are for the after party chat, which is among our favorite parts of our week. And get to talk a little bit more about the parts of the year that, um, that uh, you enjoyed the most or the things that we could have improved on the most. Um, and, uh, plus the other stuff, uh, again, look for the, look at the, uh, revised wanderingdms.com website and our updated shop with our, with our new merch, which we, which we enjoy so much. And, um, what a year, what a great year. Uh, by the <laughs> way, so we are going on our break. I actually will be back tomorrow night for one more episode of games from the elder times because I did not want to end the season based on what happened last Monday. So I'm going to take another crack at that and hopefully end on, on an up note. Uh, and uh, after that, we'll be off for a couple of weeks, probably. Right. I get what what's the, the date we'll be back. Probably, I think January eighth. Is that uh, is that we think we'll be back, Paul? Yeah, I believe so. That's uh, I got to look at my calendar, but that's uh, the the week, the Sunday after the first, right? So, yep, yep. Yeah, we should be back. Yeah, great. So we'll plan to see everybody. Uh, we'll be plan to be back uh, January eighth. Maybe there'll be a surprise or two. I don't know if Paul might pop into the painting room unexpectedly or something like that. Uh, but uh, we'll probably be off for a couple weeks now. So thanks everybody immensely for uh, this really great year and sticking with us in uh, 2022. And I hope everybody has had a good year. I hope I hope you will have a series of good surprises in 2023 and uh, some good holidays and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, likewise. Happy holidays, everyone. Yeah, definitely. So hope you'll join us again when we come back in the new year on January 8th for more thought-provoking discussions. We'll see you then.